Hey everyone, what's going on? I hope you've had a great day so far. My name is Blackamora and that means you're watching the streamcast. I'm so excited to talk with this episode's special guest, Dan Bernardo, the founder of Playtra Games and the director of the upcoming Grid Force, Mask of the Goddess. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube, I want you to get in the comments and let me know what your favorite indie game is. And if you can't pick just one, let me know your top three or your top five. Let me know what indie gems you've been playing recently and what your favorite games are. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get on with the rest of the show. Welcome to another edition of the Streamcast. My name is Blackamora, and you can already tell that the podcast has gone through various changes this year, and we are not stopping. We are going to continue with the force of a train, and I am delighted to have a special guest on this episode. Please welcome Dan Bernardo. Well, there was... <laughs> There was one introduction. Thank you. <laughs> very, very, very pleased to be to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for being on here. Um, so straight away, I'm just going to put you on the spot. If people who are watching or listening to this don't know who you are, what would you say that you do? I, w- I would say understandable. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I am the founder of Playtra and Dream Knots. Um, we are changing names. You suppose used to be Playtrain. Now we we changed to Dreamnauts. There's a small studio here in London, um, and we worked work in a few um, games in the past. But now we are delivering our first major game for all platforms called Grid for, uh, Grid Force Mask of the Goddess. And um, is the mission of the the company uh, as a whole is to create games that mix strategic. Um, mechanics, uh, deep storytelling, but also inclusion and discussing, you know, the issues of the day. Um, and Great uh, Force does just that. It's about um, a sort of self-realization. It's uh, RPG where you can make the decisions, but also you can uh, evolve your, your team and you can have adventures and then discover your, your place in the world. Um, and the game's going to be out quite soon in a few weeks for Xbox, Switch, PC, your toaster, whatever is is available. <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to catch it all. Amazing. I was very lucky to get my hands on Grid Force Mask of the Goddess, and one thing I noticed straight away was the all female cast. I thought that was very clever and amazing, and I appreciate that, especially in today's market. So how did you come up with the idea to do an all-female cast and were there any challenges when it come up when it came to that idea that is it's funny because we get this question a few times and every time i try to explain people don't actually totally believe me we did not plan it at all <laughs> really we, did, we didn't we didn't like uh, we're very happy that happened but when we first started thinking about the mechanics of the game and we want to tell a story and the story should be um, as inclusive and, you know, true as, as can possibly be. 
and one of our artists he started like drawing a character and I was like oh she's awesome she's so so amazing and uh she should have companions and then we start drawing the companions and they're all females like who's gonna be the be the the villain and was also female and then you just realized that we are going the direction and then was when we when the team came together and said is that what we want to do is what we're gonna do because it's gonna be it's gonna be tough um that's something they really really wanted to do but we knew that um first we need to actually you know make our homework expand the team and bring more female um members of the team we want this to be authentic so i was like I cannot write this. I cannot be the writer of a female story because I don't have the, you know, lived experience. So we brought female writers, female de uh, designers, and uh, storytellers try to create this world in a, in a, in a way that, that feels real. And all the experience of the characters has to be feel, it's a fantastic world, of course, but they have to feel grounded in, in real emotions. And then when we, we got to the point where it was like, yeah, that was the right decision. We know that we're going to get quite a lot of uh, backlash and some hate online because of that. But what what is the thing that you do these days that don't get hate? <laughs> so I yeah. like, just do it. <laughs> um, but in the end, became this, this homage to you know the heroines of our lives, of our mothers and sisters and teachers and um, all all female figures that made us what we are, and I'm I'm very glad about it. Yeah, I think that's got to be one of the happiest accidents <laughs> because it just I don't know why it just felt intentional to me. It felt like this was a targeted effort to tell the stories of these women, and they all have different personalities. It's written very well from the little bit that I played, and I cannot wait to just go through the game story. It plays amazingly as well. Talk to me <laughs> about your inspirations behind this game because it was very fun to play, and I could see um, there was a lot of thought placed on RPGs of the past and board games as well. So, yeah, talk to me about what inspired you to make this game. So when we start creating games, uh, uh, Dream Knots, it always starts with, uh, is this fun? Is this something that people are going to like to play? Regardless, uh, message is very important to us. We want to make sure that you are telling fresh stories that actually have something to say. But if the, if the package is not a, a fun mechanic, uh, it becomes very very educational and we don't want this to be the case we want people to actually have fun with the game so uh for for three um grid force was funny because i was in the time playing mega man battle network that is a very old game from capcom is a spin-off of mega man is a tactical game and is it, i think the the main connection with our game is is a grid based game and I was like, oh, I, I love this, but it could be a bit faster. And I started actually testing with our developer. Uh, and we got to something that we we thought, oh my God, this is so this is so nice. So we had a character, a set of characters you want to play and a story you want to tell. And now we had a mechanic that we, we thought would work really well and will be a very weird and quirky mix. So when you put this together, it just, it just clicked. It just feel like, okay, that is, that is fun. That is nice to play, mm -hmm. um, and it was it was incredible for us because all of the team is very is they're huge fans of uh, games for the uh, you know 
80s and 90s and we really want to create something that doesn't feel like i'm not not trying to throw shade on any you know pixel art games we love them but we want something that it just feels as um a successor not only a remake so mm. we, we create something that if you play is very arcadey and people feel like oh my god seems like i can just sit and play but at the same time has very modern influences and it's is our taste so yeah we we had ideas and have mechanics and it just felt like okay this is uh, this is chocolate this is peanut butter oh that tastes good let's just <laughs> let's just keep 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 eating it um mm. yeah and then we developed from there sweet i definitely got the mega man vibe while playing that game so yeah good company <laughs> <laughs> so now at this point i want to pull things back a little bit and i want to get into you the game world not so much the director not so much the founder the boss the leader <laughs> let's get into <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into Dan the Gamer. I want you to tell me if you can remember your first ever game and console. Okay, this is going to be very sad. <laughs> so, um, it is a, a little, just a bit of context. I am a Brazilian guy. I came from uh, a very, very poor region in the north of Brazil. It's a, it was actually a slum. And my family was always very, very poor. And the first memory of video games that I have is coming back from school and looking up and there was a house with a, a rich boy who had a video game, a console. Okay. <clears throat> but I, I never played it, but I felt like I just could see those images and I was so, so enchanted by that. And, but I could not understand what, what was working, what's going on. So I would go back home, come back home from school and I would exactly draw the games in a paper and I would try to I pretend to play them. <laughs> it is very sad. <laughs> but, uh, so in, in a way, I think my first experience was actually game designing more than game playing. And then from there, I just, I just was hooked uh, with all the potential of gaming. I, I just could not look back. And then I, as time uh, went by and as I grew and things got better I'm, I managed to have quite a lot of games I became very aficionado for games but my first experience was that was third party looking out the window <laughs> well I think that just goes to show I, I like to say this a, few, you know, a lot a lack of opportunity breeds creativity and that's what we saw with you you said it yourself that was an instance of game design of course it's from this game that you're seeing somewhere else but you're able to actually draw you're developing your skills from a very early age and there's no shame in that we know that the the financial situation in this part of the world is very very different to other parts so that's something that we do acknowledge here at streamcast and it is something that we are trying to change and it's one step at a time but you know if you don't see that rich kids game console who knows what kind of trajectory your life would have gone on you know so yeah. we have that to lead you to this now so talk to me a little bit about what game was the one where you were like i kind of want to make this for me i want to make one of these there's definitely final fantasy 7 um the the original one good shout when I play Final Fantasy VII for the first time, I was I was older. I think I was a teenager, and uh, my mom, 
I, I was work because back in Brazil, you have to start working very early. So I was uh, working, studying in the uh, evening, working during the day. And then when I got home at uh, like 11, I was like, I have two hours to play. And then <laughs> at one, one of the morning, I would go to sleep. And I got Final Fantasy VII copy. And I started playing. And I remember, oh, I cannot spoil the game. It's an old game, but they remade it now. So I cannot it's spoil. It's fine. The game came out in 97. It's fine. Yeah. Spoiler somebody very somebody yeah <laughs> yeah how can i put this no, i don't really want to say it i will i will i'll put a disclaimer spoiler Wait. warning <laughs> do not want this game spoiled for you this 1997 game spoiled for you please <laughs> skip forward like two three minutes yeah all right okay I'm gonna go try. Away. <laughs> but basically okay. what happens is uh, you have this character called Aerith, and there is a part of the game where you don't expect she goes away, she, she leaves the party, and then she goes try to solve the, the problem, the conflict, and then she's killed. And this comes so suddenly, and it took me by surprise in, in a way that I start shouting to the screen and say, you bastard, you kill her. <laughs> and I'm like actually sobbing. And my mom come and say, what's happening? I was like, she's dead, mom, she's dead. And Mama's like, you're gonna have to stop playing this video game right now. <laughs> and I was like, hell no, I'm going after this bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna revenge her. But uh, a few a few um, weeks later, I thought actually I was start thinking about what um, I was going to do in the future. What would be? I really I knew that I wanted to go to the university. I back in the day didn't have any game developing universities, and I. I choose to go to and do anthropology, which I'm not, um, you know, I don't regret. It was an amazing course. But the reason why I went to anthropology is because I want to understand the, you know, this culture of force the games can be, how games can teach, how games can entertain, but or how games can change your emotional state. And I had this first hand, first hand experience of uh, a piece of media that made me feel all these emotions. Um, and feel like I was there. So I think that was definitely the seminal point in my life. Therefore, I might not, I, this might not be a direct journey from what I am to create games. Uh, and people normally ask me, oh, but you could like learn by yourself. It's like there was no actually mm -hmm. internet, this, the, like the, the resources that we have right now are amazing. Back there is like you have a few books and, and nothing else. So, um, I knew there would not be a direct um, path. But I knew I was gonna get there eventually. Yeah. But that was the point. Was the point? Is like I'm, I'm gonna create games like that. Beautiful. Final Fantasy VII is one for a lot of our viewers and listeners as well. <laughs> so <laughs> I know you just scored some points there. It's very dismissive for someone to just say to someone's dream. Oh, you could just do it yourself. Why don't you just do it yourself? Why don't you just, you know, open your own club? Why don't you just start one from scratch? <laughs> you know, not realizing how difficult it is to actually build that kind of repertoire, that kind of resume. I mean, you have no prior experience. There is no roadblock. There is no previous guy. And if there is, are they willing to help you out? So, and it... I don't think, yeah, I don't think that people also. I I try not to be very. You know, patronizing when I talk about it because you know nobody wants to be patronized. But um, 
I find very interesting the culture, the mythos of equality and how you just treat everybody to, uh, in the same and all problems are solved. But what people pro sometimes don't understand is that the problems that we have right now come from generations of neglect. Mm. So you cannot just say, oh, now everybody's equal because, you know, the opportunities that your grand, 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 grandfather had influence your life right now and changes the way you the path that you can take. Um, so when people come to me and say, oh, that's great that you managed to do what you doing right now. It's like, no, it's very lucky. <laughs> I was just <laughs> really lucky because everything was really stuck up against me from the very beginning. It's very unspoken. A lot of people see the success. You know, they see the planes, they see the awards, but they don't see the hours, the arguments, the pain that goes into making a name for yourself. Hmm. Now, I do want to get into a little bit of the obstacles that you have faced while making your game. Um, whether this be internal, whether this be external. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about what obstacles that you encountered while creating Grid Force, Mask of the Goddess? Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first one and the biggest one is financial. Um, that, is, um, that is the idea of the indie gamer who just go out there and spend lots of time at night creating the game uh, and then they suddenly get become very successful in reality game development I, there are these situations the you know people who create games are amazing games like you know um, minecraft or stardew valley or like the, there's, uh, there are situations where a person can just focus and and create things but in general games like um very you know is a, is a group effort and it requires lots of resource resources and a lot of time and lots of money um, and i didn't want to start this company as one person in the garage i want to give opportunity for the people i would like to uh, my my group of people that work with me we we call ourselves the rag tag uh tangos because is what we are we are all people that came from a lot of no's in our, our lives. So lots of, you cannot do it, or you are not ready, or you don't have the right education. Um, so there was a mix of, I want to get people who never been in the industry or are in the industry taken seriously and create this game. And the other one's like, I want to create an ambitious story. Uh, the game is huge and is very complex. And this takes money. So it, it I managed to do this through previous success stories of my life. Uh, previous, I managed to have a quite successful career before coming to games. So I brought, <laughs> I have to pay the bills yeah. myself. And this, uh, of course, changes how you live your life because you you are actually burning your your savings. Um, so that is definitely the biggest one. There's always looming, uh, and. Am I going to be able to pay the salaries? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to show the game in an event? Am I going to be able to um, market the game the, the way it's supposed to? And then uh, there is uh, a, a pressure from your community. So I don't know if you know it, but I am a, a queer create creator. So I'm I'm queer. I am black. I'm South American. My mom is Jewish. So there's a um, 
there's a bit of intersection <laughs> like there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of reasons for people for them people to hate me mm. um so <clears throat> what happened is that i i got lots of hate from lots of different angles so right. why you are creating this game with women why you're creating a queer game why do you want to tell you put the gay agenda why you was, like there's a lot of hate coming and I'm expecting this hate coming from external communities, but many times it came from my own communities, come from the black mm. community, it came from the queer community that uh, they feel like I'm not representing them. And my my answer is always, no, I'm not representing you, I'm representing myself. That is the only thing I can do is represent my own experience and bring people that, are, that have lived experiences. So it was a bit, um, there was a big challenge for me um, to accept that I was not gonna be able to please, you know, I knew that I was not gonna be able to please everybody, but I was not expecting not be able to please my own people. <laughs> that right. I, I was actually expecting a lot of support, which I had, but definitely in those communities that I feel like part of, mm. I, I had less support than I expected, to be honest. And that is a shame. That is honestly a shame. I, I feel like there's a lot of unlearning that we still all need to do. I know I, I've got a lot of unlearning I still need to do. There's a lot of stuff that um I've got to deal with. But yeah, just communities need to understand that it's not just this or that. <laughs> we can be both. <laughs> we can be part of multiple communities. And that doesn't mean that we're excluded from your support. It doesn't mean now our ranking in your favor drops seven LeBrons. It shouldn't be like that. <laughs> there should be just just pure love and support for anyone who's trying to make a positive change in the world. And I believe that's what you're trying to do with these games, with these stories that you're trying to tell. This is a very positive message that I got from like 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it, it's truly sad when, when you hear these stories of just people just being really hated on for something that they can't control you can't control that your mom's jewish you can't control that you're queer you can't control that you're brazilian like <laughs> yeah, it, you know what is it the, the point is um i think as humans and that's one thing that i love about my anthropologist uh, background is that this is is a very human feeling is try to you know instead of Instead of emphasizing things that unite us, emphasizing things that divide us. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a, a say that says, uh, me against my brother, my brother, and me against my uncle, my brother, my uncle, and myself against my neighbor. My, and I, we always try to bundle against the people that we find that has less to do with us instead of connecting with people we think that has something to do with us. And in the fundamental level, we all have something to do with each other. So why are we creating the game? I was just thinking, uh, I kept getting uh, publishers coming to me and say, I love the, the game, but I don't think I can, this is going to sell. And I was like, that, that's a bummer. I really want to get rich. But <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just blow my, my dreams there. But at the same time, I was just feeling, do you really like the game? And they are like, mm. yeah, we love the game. It's like, it's very original. Or, uh, I love the art or love this or that. And I'm like, then I'm doing something right. I'm not doing something 
that is gonna make me rich but i'm doing something that has some artistical value and there's some there's some message that i will be proud of um so i'm just gonna keep going the problem is not the hate man it's the problem is be stopped by it um so i i just refuse to be stopped by it there is definitely something to say about the this won't sell argument i noticed it a lot with the last of us part two you know release campaign people were saying it wouldn't sell so they put ellie's face on the cover art and it sold like three million copies in three days <laughs> of course naughty dog is a completely different beast but that's just one step you know towards killing the rumor that non-white male leads don't sell mm. And we need more great games like this. We need more creators like you, Dan, to be honest. We Thank need you, more man. people. No, yeah, for, no, for real, yeah. We need more people who are willing to tell stories that we're not going to see every single time, you know, Apocalypse fighting Zeus. You know, <laughs> those stories have been done and they, they're great. We've seen those before. There's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with original storytelling. So, I, I, yeah, I just, the, the, funny, the funny thing is that I, spend a lot of my time now last because of the the game is just dragging my soul because we had <laughs> the last last few weeks of development in, which means that every waking moment you are either working on the game or worry the game is gonna blow or <laughs> you know like it's always something terrorizing you that people are gonna hate what you're doing that's always in the back of your mind um, but most of the time I spend uh, at least 10 or 20 percent of my my time working time um i can lecturing or giving talks or taking part of uh things like this uh podcasts and trying to pass the message um you know elsewhere and normally they're not to do with games uh necessarily they're just to do with um i think it's the most important thing for me is to be visible um not necessarily be a leader or necessarily be rich or not necessarily be successful, but be visible. Um, people say, I, I really love that we had a few people working with us as interns quite um, recently. And one of them was an um, amazing, amazing um, uh, guy. And he is, is, a, is of color. And then he came to me and said, I was, I was so surprised that you were the boss. And I was like, that, I, I hate that. I hate mm -hmm. that this is a surprise. And I hate that people need to think twice and say, okay, is he really the boss? He is the guy, he is the director. He is the guy who will make the decisions. He is the guy to blame when things go wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm good with all of those things. What I'm not good with is to be an exception. So I just feel that if I'm visible enough, I'm gonna be able to create, help create a generation where this is not the case. Uh, they're not gonna look at somebody like me and say, oh, is he the boss? They'll be just like, yeah, he's the boss. Yeah, and I know that one day that will be the norm. People won't back twice when they're like, Dan's the boss here? All right, <laughs> it's just gonna be, all right, morning Dan, what's going on? I've had a look at, um, your website and I know you've won plenty of awards. This is the time to big yourself up and tell us about all the awards that you've won 
whether it's for this game, whether it's for other games that you worked on? Oh, just I don't, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I said, now it's, it feels so ghoulish, so gauche, or I don't remember my awards. <laughs> that is not, please don't read this way. The, the thing is, uh, a while ago, somebody, a friend of mine uh, who I worked for, she was a very accomplished uh, leader and she told me, and she used to win lots of awards. And um, once one day I was talking to her about it. And it's like, it's so nice that you have all these awards. And she said, those are the most amazing distractions that you can ever have. Um, mm. So don't let them distract you. Don't, don't think about them. Just keep going, just keep doing. Mm. Um, so we got a few awards for the game and I got a few awards myself. Uh, but I think the, the ones that I, remember the most the ones that i didn't win because uh the ones that i could just be there to acknowledge other people that did amazing job so uh three weeks ago i was no it was two weeks ago i was in develop brighton and they have the uh, game dev hero award and then (laughs) i got uh, a nomination for uh unsung hero it's like what unsung hero means? It means that they cannot define exactly what you do, <laughs> because it's not like you know best director or best leader or best. It's just like unsung hero. And then I was there in the in the award ceremony, and I saw the people who was next to me, um, you know, competing for the same award. People who did absolutely amazing job. That I was like, what am I doing here? These people are working for twenty years to make the industry a better place. And they are actually unsung heroes because they put other people forward um, and they build up other people, not necessarily themselves. And at that point, I actually felt very, very small. Mm. (laughs) I I felt very um, ordinary. Right. Um, And I was, I I can honestly tell you that I was very glad when I didn't win because it would be very shameful. (laughs) I just, I just arrived. I did a few things and I'm kind of almost usurping the the space of somebody who's, who's like dedicate their lives for this. So I, I was very happy that some other people got recognition. And I try, when my team gets a award or nomination, I tend to say, this is a distraction. This is a great, this is a beautiful, um, amazing, shiny distraction <laughs> to what's supposed to be you know, the goal of your life is to do a good job, good, good, do good work. Um, so I'm so sorry. I just don't go. I don't I don't follow them. That's completely fine. And I think that's a great answer in the same, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so Grid Force, Mask of the Goddess. I noticed something very intriguing, I would say. So at the start of the game, everything was in color and great colors were used. And then as soon as I started to progress into the levels of the game i guess after the prologue it just went black and white like comic style manga style i assume this was obviously an intentional decision why is it that you decided to go with the black and white style when it came to like the main part of the game okay so there is official and unofficial uh, explanation so the official is that we love manga and we want to create something that looks like manga and we really want to at the end of the game, actually launch a manga of the game, um, like printed, that we are working on right now. And this is not a lie. That is true. However, when we are discussing this, our lead 
um, artist said, "Oh my God, that's the only way we have. We're gonna be able to actually produce this on in time because if I have to color everything, we are not gonna. We're gonna need like five years to finish this." <laughs> so. <laughs> It was like a very happy decision because mm. we didn't actually thinking about oh let's just do this we really want to do this manga style because if you see back i have quite a lot of mangas i love i love the format but it was like a very convenient uh very happy decision because it also streamline our workflow and when you are working as a um as an indie every decision has a cost um and the the secret for us is trying to balance them so not all decisions make the game cheaper mm. so if you create if you make a decision that a makes the game a bit more stylish and pays homage to manga and b makes the game easier to do <laughs> <laughs> it's like no brainer so yeah. yeah so that that's the two explanations they are the same but yeah that's the reason why we did that <laughs> Love that. I love that we've got both explanations here. Streamcast exclusive. <laughs> but that's, yeah, you just, normally you just, just get the first one in general. So <laughs> it's definitely exclusive for you. Appreciate that, Dan. Um, I'm a bit of a manga guy myself. So do you have any favorites? Manga, Liz. Mm. Liz. I, to be honest, I, I'm a fictionado with Sailor Moon, the, the first. Oh, yeah, wow. I, have all, I have all Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh, that's dope. I know. I I absolutely love that thing. <laughs> it's just like my thing. So I normally I have collections of seventies, um, eighties, and nineties. So right. lately, I think the only thing that I actually read uh, lately was um, uh, Heaven's Word and One Punch Man. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, which I really loved, uh, and I went to see the manga. The TV manga and I was a bit down, but yeah, I tend I tend to gravitate towards um, older mangas, especially the the 80s and 90s are my favorite ones. Um, and less I I normally go to Japan when I can. I love the, the country, and um, in Kyoto they have uh, no, it's in Kyoto. Yeah, I think Kyoto is one of the manga uh, museums, and it's amazing just to go there and go through. There is a very alive museum. It means that you just you can actually sit and you can actually get like handle the mangas and read it. But I don't I don't speak any uh, Japanese, so I just sat there pretending I was reading and just thinking to myself, I might be looking so cool right now. Um, but I I love the whole the whole history of of the manga as a format. So you go to Japan a lot. How often do you go? Uh, my previous life was as a um, tech kind of C-level uh, creative. So the companies I work for normally had, you know, subsidiaries or offices there. So every time I had excuse, like, I think I have to go to Japan because we have we have a problem. It's like, no, but the problem is in the U.S. Yeah, but I think Japan people are going to be able to solve this really well. And it's like, I will always find a way to stick a few days for me in Tokyo or Kyoto. Like, oh, we have a crisis in Michigan. What is done? It's in Japan. He's working on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the solution is in Japan. Yes. Every single time. <laughs> no matter what. Oh, I love that. Manga is, of course, a heavy part of your game in terms of the look, the design. I know 
you can't give us any spoilers of the game. We've got to wait for the game to come out to fully enjoy the story and how things play out. But what can you tell us about what went into the, each of the characters, the backstories of each character, of the, the main characters that I experienced? I think it was four or five different women that I played yeah. as. Um, what can you tell us about not so much the big bad, because that was very much a mystery. <laughs> and I like that. Um, yeah, just tell us about the story to, to just get someone invested in this game, because I feel like you're going to have a lot of people from our community invested and interested in trying out your game. I think it's the, the uh, there is a, like, as always with me, there's uh, two explanations. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so there, there's a, <laughs> there is a more popcorn explanation, there's a more philosophical explanation. So the, Donna is the main character, and the idea about Donna is that she is not a clean slate character as you normally have when you talk about amnesia. So in the beginning of the game, she is she doesn't have amnesia. She it's not that she doesn't remember who she is. It's because the world is actually just started again, and she has nothing to remember. Is she she was literally just born that day. Um, and it's about how the world reacts to her because she doesn't remember uh, previous versions of her life, but it seems like everybody does. Everybody has some preconceived um, idea of who she is. And this is a bit of exploration about how women of color in general are type typecast. So it doesn't matter if you, whoever you are, what your personality is, they're always like, oh, women of color are uh, loud and are strong. And like, no, my, my sister is very soft-spoken and she's, she has all, all the strengths. But lots of people have always very preconceived um, ideas of who they are. And that was a, kind of the metaphor you tried to go for is like, how is for you to be be born in a place you know in a world or in a society that already has a very good idea of who you are and and doesn't want to give you the space uh to express who you are and the other three characters one's called bird another one's conico and the third one's uh, pan they are in my opinion explorations of the three kinds of love that you experience in your life wow. uh, so is the motherly love the sisterly love or the friend's love and the romantic love. And that is how Donna is going to learn about these three types of love and how they can hurt you sometimes and how they uh, can make you grow. And sometimes you have to let them go, some, you know, depending on if, they if they're hurting you. And that is a part of uh, mental health, emotional health that you want to explore. And then uh, the rest of the world, you're going to find uh, almost 30 different characters with their own stories. And they all explore something. They all have some theme about their lives. So you have uh, things like um, sexual abuse, but it's uh, always always subtextual. We don't want to, we want just people to know about how people feel violated sometimes uh, and how this affects uh, the victim much more than uh, the per the person who actually you know commits it. So uh, all the stories in the the characters that we have, uh, they explore something about um, growth or pain or um, hate or love or friendship or something uh, the female people in the world actually go through, but all in this very fantastical background. 
Um, so if you go for each one of the characters and try to understand what they come from, there is quite a lot of depth in each one of the stories. And some of those stories you're not actually going to see because it's impossible for you to get all the characters. Some of the decisions that you make, uh, some friends and foes that you make, uh, lock other characters away and you cannot get them. But uh, we wanted each one of the decisions to actually, actually matter. So sometimes you make a decision that makes somebody else die. And this character is forever out of their story. Um, so it's what what are the the pros and cons of your decision how you live with that so although um if you play the game and you go through the this the story is very we try to make something that is very modern and very of the age uh and uh, sometimes very light um and very humorous uh if you peel a bit the you know the themes, you're going to see that it's got a lot of very philosophical and practical questions that we are trying to explore. Wow. Yeah. I could feel that very much from the demo that I experienced. And I'm glad that there's going to be a lot of subtext. There's going to be a lot of things that players are going to have to put two and two together to figure out what's going on. And I like the fact that there's decision trees. If you do this, you can't have this unless you play the whole game again. That, of course, you know, gets the replayability factor up but it also makes the player think oh what happens if i let this person die what happens if i save this person you know just little things like that that can dramatically change your playthrough and there is going to be a release date very very soon what date is grid force out oh my god so <laughs> <laughs> So the game was ready to be released on the 11th of August, but my publisher came to me and said, wouldn't it be amazing if we could launch the game during Tokyo Game Show? And I was like, hmm, interesting, but it's in Japan, so I might have to go to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? Yeah, and I was like, and he was like, yeah, this is the idea. You go there and you give some interviews, and uh, the game is very. Uh, they are very sure that it's gonna resonate with the Japanese, Korean, Chinese um, audiences. So it was um, that decision to say let's let's hold for a month. And I was like, <laughs> I look at my team mm -hmm. who is now like battling every bug possible. And I was like, eh, I guess it's gonna be fine. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed, but I'm gonna do this for you, publisher. Uh, so, um, then I, I went to the team, and the team was actually very, um, not very disappointed, but it was like, oh man, I really want to show the game as soon as possible. But I think that is good for us because we can put a couple of uh, weeks of more polishing and want to make sure that the game runs smoothly. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be. And actually, this is exclusive, but this this is not uh, out yet. You're the only person knowing this. So it's going to be the 15th of September during dog, uh, game, uh, Tokyo Game Show. And I'm going to have to go to Japan. You're just going to have to go there. I'm so sorry. What? Yeah. It's the things Expen you do for your team. <laughs> Expense that flight. Uh, <laughs> is, is the rest of the team going or is it just you? Okay, so there's a funny thing. So that, that, that is the story. So our, our publisher is uh, Gravity Game Arising. 
and the reason why um, we decided to go with them is because they uh, publish Ragnarok Online is one of my first online games. And I was like, it's Japanese. And I love <laughs> Japan. And I need to be published by a Japanese. Whatever. So I was, and my team, like, you have to be rational. Then it's like, this is rational. <laughs> but they're actually awesome. Uh, and then they wanted me to go to an event called uh, Beat Summit in Kyoto. And my, my main developer, who is also my co-founder, said, um, if you don't take me with you, I'll mm. never talk to you ever again. <laughs> and I was like, but we have a game to do. It's like, we can, we can talk by text. We can talk by WhatsApp, but don't ever say anything to me ever again. And I was like, okay. And then <laughs> my publisher said, oh, we can't, we don't have, we have only budget for one person. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, I'm not going because if I go and if he doesn't, he actually, he actually going to do like, oh, not yeah. talking to me. but then for Tokyo game show, he's coming. Um, my partner, he's coming, his girlfriend are coming and we are going to just light Tokyo on fire. I guess. <laughs> As long as I can, as long as I can uh, eat a lot, and as long as I can go to the gig quarter to to buy stuff, I'm fine. But everybody was like, "I want to go to Anson, and I got to take, you know, bath." And I was like, I, "I'm full of tattoos. Nobody's gonna get me getting into it." <laughs> but if you let me around, around any gig space, I'm fine. Just come back a few hours. I'm gonna be there. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm taking a few people. That's very sweet. I'm glad to hear that. Um, it, it just has to happen, you know, it's a problem in Tokyo that has to be solved by you going to Tokyo. So I hope that you're able to sort that out. <laughs> I think I have to do what I have to do. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> yes. Do your duty then. It's like, <laughs> if I must. <laughs> and like, I'm, a, I'm a very, very nervous fire. I, I flew a lot for my career. Um, but I always very nervous. I don't know why. And I'm not like the nervous, the kind of the no, don't do it. But I always have the least pit of my stomach. There's something yeah. like, I don't like it. <laughs> um, so just to think about eight, 14 hours and a half in the plane, I have to be thinking about the great things about that I'm going to see there to be able to go through it. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're going to be able to, to attend. Yeah. And like equally i'm happy for you to be able to go to your favorite place on earth tokyo to talk about your game get people in japan playing your game that's going to be amazing right <laughs> right um i do honestly wish you every success because i feel that this game has everything to be a great game it it plays well it looks great it's got stories throughout and i think that's what people really are interested in these days so 15th of september make yes. sure you mark that date and it's going to be on all the platforms right yes so uh it's going to go out first on pc xbox and switch and we i'm going to also launch on every everything else the the playstation is a funny thing because i really want to be in playstation but because of the pipeline i have to get something out so it was playstation <laughs> but PlayStation is going to get some exclusive stuff um when this out a bit later yeah so if um thank you very much for that and if people can 
wish list, wish list actually help a lot publish um is mostly just like ours is um the measurement of uh, steam of how much people are interested in something and uh if you have good uh, wish list numbers it means that they're gonna be showing our game more to more people and what matters for you know as most of you like us well there you have it from the man himself wish list the game because steam has its own algorithm and much like steam youtube has its own algorithm and you can help us battle youtube's alg algorithm by liking this video if you are watching this on youtube leave in the comment about anything about this video whether you are excited for grid force master of the goddess or you have been just ch uh charmed by dan bernardo himself <laughs> do you <laughs> do you share his tokyo problem do you have a japan problem because i think i'm developing a japan <laughs> my life is not easy it's have to go to japan <laughs> i just have to say the other thing every time i see people say um i i am a kind of uh, avid reader of comments on mm. youtube uh so i would love to see what pe if people had any um emotional um experience with games because i i think i'm i hope i'm not in the minority here i, I hope more people had you know not sobbed in the middle of the night but at least have a good time playing video games i think that's what matters yes absolutely drop those in the comments have you ever been emotional during the game i know i have been um in the last of us but then that is all the time that we've got thank you so much once again for joining me tonight um so really quickly if you could summarize grid force mask of the goddess in like a minute like a quick elevator pitch how would you sell the game so grid force is uh tactical bullet hell rpg with lots of characters each one with their own story where you can um when you can sympathize empathize and connect and the story about loss about growth and about acceptance is a queer story um we are very happy to be to have the chance to do it and we hope everybody likes as well amazing and i know there's going to be people who like Hey, Dan's got a nice beard. He sounded very eloquent <laughs> today. I want to find out more about Dan. Where could they find more about you? Where could they follow you? Follow Playtra? Was it? It's going to be Dream Notes, right? Yes. Yeah, so yep. we have uh, Playtra Games is still uh, a thing for now. Um, so you can follow uh, Playtra Games on uh, Twitter. Um, you can follow our Discord, um, also Playtra Games, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter as well. I'm Danby Danby Science. Uh, just put them right now. There's gonna be a thousand of them. Maybe page three is me. Um, and if you want to connect on LinkedIn, I, I'm always there, trying to you know get some piece of advice and give to uh, if I can. But I'm happy to connect with anyone who wants to be friends. We will put all of those links in the description, and you can keep up to date with the streamcast by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Streamcast underscore. You can subscribe to our YouTube, youtube.com forward slash streamcast. Follow us on Twitch, Streamcast TV. And you can listen to our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple. But that is it for this episode. Please take care of yourselves and your loved ones. Stay safe. And we will catch you on the next Streamcast. <laughs>